Welcome to Haunted Hospitality, Southern Stories Told by Spooky Gingers. I'm Robin. And I'm Zoe. And I have about six stories for you today. First, (laughs) Zoe, how's life? Well, um, life is a multitude of things, Um, Mm, Robin. Isn't it always, though? So, it's been only a week since our listeners have last heard our voice. But it's our collective one voice. Yes, our collective one voice. But since the last time we recorded, Robin, I have gotten married, gone to a wedding, gone to the live show of And That's Why We Drink, bought their book. Um, then I went to Vegas. I went to the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum in Vegas, as as well as many, many other things in Vegas. Got home, had COVID, recovered from COVID, and now we're back. That's nine things. That's nine things. That's many, that's many, many things. I have, and we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Riveting, I know. Well, Zoe, it seems like you've, um packed quite a lot into your life yeah yeah Um, i could do a whole podcast episode on just my last three weeks of life but i'm not gonna do that to people so robin how's your life it's good for after my second try i finally got the starbucks like holiday cup Woo! mine is like kind of green sponge paint with different star symbols and green and red over it i love it it's mine okay so for comparison, I got married and went on a honeymoon and you uh-huh. got a cup, a disposable those, cup. Those things are equal. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Uh-huh. So Zoe, you did things while you were in Vegas. I did. You went to places. I did. Do you want to tell us about one place in particular? particular? I do. I do want to tell you about one place in particular. And that is the igloo that I had alcohol in. That was so much fun. I'm kidding. I did go to an ice bar. Now I want to know about that. (laughs) It was a, it was a bar that had, was all the furniture was made out of ice and even your cup was made out of ice and they gave you a cold. Yes, it was neg. It's called minus five because it's negative five degrees Celsius, oh. and so you drink out of ice cups. But anyway, that's that was my joke. Um, what oh, I well, <laughs> what I actually wanted to talk about was the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum, and mm. I didn't have to sign like an NDA or anything like that. But I do want to like kind of tread carefully here and not do any spoilers. Yeah. But I do want to talk about how amazing it was. So we went and okay, first of all, if you go, I definitely recommend signing up for the RIP tour. It's a little bit more expensive, but if you have major FOMO, so the fear of missing out, um, (laughs) there's literally parts of the tour where it's like, and the RIP members can go this way, but you guys who didn't pay more for it have to sit here and wait for them to be finished. So, Zoe, were you an RIP? I was an RIP. Oh, very nice. So that's just VIP, but yeah. RIP. But they, okay. they had to make it ooky spooky. Yeah, they did. They had tons of haunted stuff. Uh, they had... The, I mean, there's so many things there and I can't go into all of it, but there were some things that I recognized, like they had Peggy the doll there mm-hmm. and she's like a doll that is so haunted that supposedly if you even see a photo of her, you can become nauseous and pass out because of how haunted she is. That was the thing with Robert the doll too, not like passing out, but like it, it was very much a taboo to take photos of Robert the doll, according to the curse. Yeah, and sh- they had her in a room, and you walk into the room, and there's, like, a wall in front of you, and it's a small little room, and you walk around the wall, and she's, like, in a display case surrounded by other tiny dolls, and then you walk out of the room and then back out. So it's like you do a little loop real quick to pay your respects kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. they said, you have to say hello, Peggy, and goodbye, Peggy, when you walk into the room and when when you're walking out. 
So there was a lot of cool things like that. I don't want to go into everything, like I said, but if you have a legit fear of clowns, do not go. (laughs) Or call ahead of time and be like, hey, is there any way I can like skip the clown room? Because there is a clown room. There, there is a clown room, and I thought this was going to be, like, purely a museum, but there's actually, like, you know, like, when we went to deceased farms and we didn't get very far, but you know those mazes? My bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know those, those mazes where it's, like, you walk through and it's creepy and you think there's going to be an actor jumping out at you? Oh, yeah, I hate that. There are a couple rooms like that in the haunted museum, in the Zach Baggins haunted museum. It felt Where really out of place. Like jump out at you? Yeah, like not really? actors, but like, like real creatures set to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Huh? No, there's like uh-huh. a painting <laughs> in the clown room that lifts up as you're walking by, and a clown jumps out at you. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so just basically everybody walk behind somebody. Yeah, basically. But then two feet ahead of you. And then, <laughs> send, then be on your way. So just a warning for that. And then something, the last thing I wanted to talk about is that it actually had some things that were more true crime rather than haunted. Really? Yeah, so there was an entire room that was dedicated to several serial killers, including the ash remains of Charles... Oh, was it Charles Manson? I think it was Charles Manson. Manson. Like, he had the ashes and bone fragments on display. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like that. So, I don't like anything about that. I don't like it either. It was giving me, like, icky vibes when I saw it. And, like... Yeah. The minute you say something is dedicated to serial killers, Uh like, it's not a good thing. Yeah, and he had, like, a bunch of their art on the walls and like letters that they wrote and then there was one room that particularly gave me major ick where it was about the um the butcher of kansas city and this was a man who kidnapped and violated and tortured multiple men young men and he had the bed, including the linens of the bed that they were tortured on. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like to the point where in the audio tape, there's a little audio playing in the rooms every time you go in, just telling you about the room. And they're like, that stain on the bed is from this victim. And I'm like, whoa. whoa. That's way too much. Yeah. I mean, all of like, by a million like there's a million things wrong with that and like one of the things and this isn't isn't even like necessarily the most obvious but like people have triggers people who have like had those experiences have triggers and so like to go into like a room was there like a warning yes there was a warning oh, anytime okay. anytime we went into one of the rooms where it was like a serial killer rather than a haunting thing it was always like, hey, this is sensitive for people. If you don't want to go in, you don't have to. So in front of every room, they're like, hey, this is where you're about to go into. If you don't want to go in there, you don't have to go in. Okay. Well, I just, I truly don't like that. I, I mean, well, good that they had the warning, but like truly yeah. don't like that. Yeah. It made me think of like, you remember when we read the final girl support group? Yeah. And there was those people <sighs> who bought the things related to their like deaths yes one of the characters who i believe was a final girl herself like had this house that for the listeners because you 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 read it with me Zoe, um had this house where like every room was dedicated to a different final girl and had mementos from that horrifying experience like Like, the dress they were wearing when they were stabbed and things like that and and I remember reading that book and being like, that's gross. I really hope people don't do that in real life. And I think in our Patreon episode, I might have said something along the lines of, wow, I hope people don't do that in real life. But uh, apparently they do. Apparently they do. Yeah. All right. But yeah, that was, I mean, the haunted part of it, like the stories that had he had to tell, like all of those, mm-hmm. that was super cool. I just, I definitely got like a um, eerie vibe the whole time. But there were yeah. some parts that made me just go, oh, okay. 
Yeah, it sounds kind of like a mixed bag. Because, like, like you said, like, the haunting, like, that's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That can just be fun. Yeah. Um, and there were a couple yeah. times where I turned around to Kari, because Kari actually ended up going with me. And... Oh, yeah, surprise of all surprises. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned to Kari, and I'm like, don't worry, I don't believe that. Don't worry, I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> just so I'm like, your new wife is sane, don't worry. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Okay. But well, so we thank you for sharing your honeymoon experience of the Zach Baggins Museum. You're welcome. And in case I don't think we said it before, um, yeah, that was my something spooky. Uh, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Robin, do you have a story for us? Again, I have like six. So the reason <laughs> I have six, everybody, is because this is the second installment of Frights in the wild i had no idea what kind of pace you were going with that <laughs> i i didn't know it until it came out of my mouth uh, <laughs> right in the wild Ooh. yeah okay so in case you are unfamiliar with the series which that's fine <laughs> this is where i scour the internet mostly reddit but the internet for stories people have of Things that go bump in the night or during the daytime, possibly, when they're out in nature. Now, there's one case in here that is not, like, like straight up out in the woods or out on, like, a beach, which I kind of think of, like, beaches, even if you're kind of, like, near a beach town, if you're actually, like, on the beach itself, like, at night, I feel like that's close enough to, like, <laughs> you're you're in the wild, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of the ocean. You're in, the, you're in nature. There's one where people are in a vehicle in this there's one story people are in a vehicle i feel like that counts is the vehicle in the wild it's like at a very rural crossroads eh, that counts that counts that counts i i was i was halfway teetering on that one and then like i read through it and i was like oh my god that's terrifying i need to share it <laughs> so yeah, bending the rules and i'm bending the rules but now let us begin the first story we are in florida actually our first two beaches CS in Florida. The first two stories, which are the only two beaches, are both in Florida. Awesome. All right. This is about Naomi and her boyfriend, Shane. They were on a Florida beach. They were out there camping. They were staying at a campground that was they said was a quarter mile to the beach or so. And so at about 9.30, one night, they were out on the beach under the full moon talking about scary stories okay which is a very fun thing to do and it was a very specific type of scary story which is where you see somebody and you become unsure whether or not they are actually a person whether or not they're actually human and naomi gave who was our fearless writer on Red by the way this is reddit user Brizzly Naomi. Okay. She gave this caveat up front, like, hey, we were telling these stories back and forth at the beginning of this. It could have colored she like she was saying, like, technically this could have color colored our experience, but what we experienced really was very real. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they were out there for um about an hour on the beach whopping those stories. They came back starting at about eleven and they started walking the quarter of a mile back to the campground. And right before you get to the campground, there is a little area where there is a picnic table and a small boarded up building. And so they stopped before they got officially to the campground and just sat down at the picnic table and continued talking about these stories. They were talking about one in particular, which was Shane's story, and they were trying to pick it apart to kind of debunk it, you know, mm -hmm. to see like, well, let's look at this, I assume, kind of logically. And some people have been walking by while they were doing this. And at one point, a girl walks up to the boarded building that they're sitting in front of. And she seems to want to get inside. She's like pulling at the doors. She's looking in the windows. Naomi even thinks that she sees her like stand up on her tiptoes to get a good look. And it doesn't work. The building is locked up. So she passes by the picnic table, walking in front of the building to go to the other side of it. And... Naomi only registers from her that she has a long brunette ponytail. But what she'll realize in a bit is that the angle the girl was walking past the table, she probably should have been able to see her face. Mm. But it wasn't. The only thing she could see was the long brown ponytail. So the girl walks past and she goes around the corner of the building 
and it's kind of hard for me to visualize, but Naomi says there's like this four inch ledge, almost kind of like a gutter that's hanging off the side of the building. That's taking up a little bit of space on that corner. And one, Naomi and Shane think it's a little bit weird that like she kind of walked so close to them without acknowledging them at all. Just because, you know, I guess campgrounds, people are friendly. And two, they get the sense that she didn't go like behind the building, that she didn't circle the building. They think that she's hiding behind the ledge. Mm. Because Naomi says that she saw, and I have it written down anywhere. She said she saw something, quote, low to the ground on the side of this ledge. And they thought it was her. So Shane gets out his little flashlight, his tiny little flashlight, and he shines it toward the ledge. And he says, yo, what's up? Are you good? <laughs> <laughs> Which I love because that's probably, you know, like, I don't know if I would say, yo, what's up? But I think that's pretty much what you would say in that situation. Be like, hi, dude, you're doing a weird thing. Yeah. So he's shining the flashlight toward the ledge. And four to five seconds later, the girl comes out from behind it. Only her movements are very dramatic. Uncanny, some might say. Is she a freaking werewolf? <laughs> so this is what Naomi, Naomi writes. We literally saw her spring out of the shadow and leer forward facing right. She had her back hunched over, so she wasn't standing as tall as she normally would. I can't explain how scary it was to be sitting there watching this whole thing take place. And once we shine the flashlight, have this person's face pop out from the side of this building. It legit would have been less scary if she never came out and we circled the whole building and no one was there. Her movement was incredibly unnatural and it was as if no human being would respond with their body language that way after having a flashlight shining on them. It's like she couldn't figure out what to do, and she showed herself only because we made her. It was almost as if she was scared of getting caught for doing something wrong, not scared of us. Hmm. The way she popped out, her face was turned towards us, and she had her arms kind of sprawled out, almost like praying mantis arms or something. I know this sounds ridiculous, but there's literally no other way to explain this. But the best part about this part of the situation that neither of one of us figured out until we talked about it later was that neither of us saw a face on this woman. It was just smooth skin or clay colored, rounded, and with no eyes or facial expression. I want to say that I personally almost saw divots or pits where the eyes should be, but there was nothing substantial there. We were still trying to figure out this encounter, so we weren't super quick to get scared at this point. We thought it was our minds playing tricks on us. So this is where the story starts to differentiate a little bit, so bear with me. After she pulls her body back behind the ledge, Shane turns his flashlight off when I asked him to because I felt like it was rude. At this point, she's back behind the ledge, and the light is off, and I see her extended body about three feet off the ground, as if she's crouching and reaching out at the same time. Now, I read that as saying that she's not levitating three feet off the ground, but that she, her head ends three feet above the ground. Got it. If that makes sense. Like she was going to take an over-exaggerated step and almost tiptoe off like a cartoon character or something. She leaned forward one step to the right and then pulled herself back behind the ledge and stood up straight and started walking back to the right side of the building in front of us. Shane had his flashlight on her the whole time, and she just said, oh, I just wanted to change without having to go all the way back. But it's like all the way back where? She literally just came from the campground. She could have changed there if she was heading to the beach. Was she going to swim at 1030 at night? It just didn't make sense why she needed to change in that specific spot. So. At this point, the girl walks away kind of quickly, like she's embarrassed. And, you know, Naomi continues that she walks past not to see her face. And she does say at some point, like kind of concluding her story, that her impression of this is that this is a being of like, oh, I didn't even shoot. I missed a very crucial detail. Okay. 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 So before I get to that, I need you to know. Naomi and Shane debriefed after the situation because they stayed at the picnic table and were like, all right, so what the heck was that? 
And they were talking about it, and they realized probably the most interesting detail about all of this is that while neither of them saw a face, the features they did see didn't match up. Okay. Naomi saw a long brunette ponytail, and Shane saw a person with a blonde bob. Oh. What they describe as a Karen hairstyle. Yeah, but, like, I mean, it's not like they saw her briefly in passing. They had a flashlight shined on her, and they Mm. were looking at her being like, WTF is this? So that's not something you can, like, get confused about, I feel like. Not really. Not when you both have very different opinions over it. And one other thing is that Naomi heard her say that you know, she needed to find a place to change. And Shane heard her say that she needed to find a place to pee. Oh. So it's like they almost had two mirrored and simultaneous experiences, but with very different takeaways from this person. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, when she said the, I just needed to find somewhere to change. And then I thought back to the way she was, like, sitting or behind the thing. I'm like, yeah, that kind of does sound like somebody who's, like, really embarrassed and trying to maybe not pee, maybe go number two. But, like, (laughs) but, and I could see if, like, you're embarrassed about that, not, like, purposely walking in a way that your the back of your head is to the nearby people. But if you're so embarrassed that you don't want to be seen, then you would not go there. So, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, and that's just the 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 choice of going to the abandoned building as and there was like some like kind of back and forth about like girl or woman. I just maintained girl throughout this, but probably either girl or young woman, something like that. But as Naomi and Shane were walking back to their their campsite, she was looking around and she saw like numerous clusters of like dirt or at least one cluster of like you know, solid tall trees that she knows that she would probably, if she needed to pee or change or anything and she didn't have another place to do it, she would probably have gravitated toward those rather than going to the abandoned building, you know, as like a young woman, because I wouldn't choose, oh, abandoned building. I'll go in there. Yeah. You know, now, okay. My thoughts on this is that one, it could be a very confusing, deeply awkward situation. Yeah. (laughs) Cause like, okay. I know for me, if I was having those conversations of like, anytime I talk about like ghosts or research of this podcast or something, and then like, it just puts you in a headspace that's a little bit different than normal. Yeah. You're looking for, because your brain is always looking for like threats. Mm -hmm. And if you are in the mindset of, okay, these are the specific threats, then your brain is going to be hyper aware of them. It's the same thing of like, I can't listen to true crime podcasts and live alone. I, I'm just always like, what was that sound? Who's in here with me? You know, or the like by the house, like that iconic line. Or like when you um, learn a new word for the first time and suddenly you see the word everywhere. And it's like, was that a coincidence or did you just not notice it beforehand? Yeah. And so the things that could have compounded if, if I'm looking at this like a skeptic, then I say creepy stories put you in a headspace, awkward situation where maybe you are like just talking to a particularly awkward person. And I consider myself a particularly awkward person. So like I empathize with the girl um, Same here. who maybe was just needing to get out, was pretend- potentially on some sort of drugs. I, I don't know. Now, I say all of those things. And I have to then come to my second conclusion, which was that the descriptions of the movement were incredibly, incredibly creepy. I would be Mm -hmm. creeped out if I saw that. Yeah. And Naomi's conclusion of this whole situation is that this seemed to her, she was getting the vibe that this was like something, some being of like a lower intelligence than humans that was like mimicking humanity and like trying to seem human. I don't know if I like know enough about that specific type of lore to be like, ah, yes, that's what this is. <laughs> um, but I do think that no matter what, it was a very kind of creepy situation, whether it was the case of a person not being a person. Because again, no face. I feel yeah. like we didn't talk about no face enough. No face. <laughs> yeah, no, no face in the two different descriptions. Yeah. In the two different things heard. Yeah. Well, okay, you yeah. could hear 
change in P. And like, if that's like the only word swapped out, like I can hear yeah. mishearing that. But especially if you're already like primed to hear one of the things. Yeah, yeah. But it is weird about the two different hairstyles and the, again, the lack of face. Yeah. <sighs> okay. But anyway, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so that's our first story. And we have a second story, and this is also on a Florida beach. This is at Cocoa Beach. And this is from Reddit user Not Lizard, which, by the way, is exactly what the Lizard Man's Reddit username would be if he could type. Yeah, I agree with that. Not Lizard. Only man. <laughs> <laughs> So, ahem, one night, a group of four friends, including our fearless writer and a person named Katie and their boyfriends, were at Cocoa Beach for the night of hanging out, and they laid out some blankets, they were hanging out there, chatting, the boys wanted to play frisbee, so they go back to the car for a bit, get some frisbees, it's gonna take several minutes for them to do this, so writer and Katie are hanging out, they are smoking, they are just chilling, and... You know, they're looking at each other face to face, as people tend to do. And Katie suddenly looks a little bit beyond the writer. She looks behind the writer. Oh, great. (laughs) Right? Writer turns around. Nothing to worry about. It's just a raccoon. And they're like, oh, hey. (laughs) Ha ha ha. It's just a raccoon. So they're still talking. They're still talking. The raccoon is walking past them. It's not getting close closer to them actually it's probably like maintaining like the same distance it just is also walking past them and it's between them and the ocean and as they're looking at the raccoon it kind of starts to morph and by the way i'm assuming at this point that it's kind of cast in shadow Mm -hmm. all this makes sense the raccoon starts to morph into what they say is the size of a medium dog it's like "Eh, that's bigger than a raccoon typically is they're starting to become a little bit worried about it and they're looking at it and they're thinking, wait, is this a bobcat or something that like <sighs> it would be a threat to us? And they're still talking about it being like, OK, should we do something? They're a little bit concerned. And then the raccoon dog bobcat stands up on two legs. Oh, and this is the werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> and grows once more to be the size of a human. But it's walking more like a horse if a horse was walking on only their two back legs, like a very stilted (laughs) walk. I know it's a very funny description. (laughs) 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 And they're looking at it. At this point, they're not talking. Stunned silence. And they see that the creature keeps changing. It grows to 20 feet tall. And at this point, starts to seem as if it is just barely floating, with an inch between it and the sand. And it's at this point that it splits into two. And it's just... <laughs> what? And it's just these two black figures going down the beach until it is now further away from them. And it is shrunk back to its human size. And it walks further away until it vanishes into the night. Now, our fearless writer and her friend Katie just sit there for a bit (laughs) in stunned silence. And then Katie asks what that was, and the writer says she has absolutely no idea. Someone in the comments mentioned, hey, maybe it was just a shadow, because, you know, light can do things to shadows and make them bigger and stuff. To which the writer says that it was a much... the effect of it was much more 3D than she's ever seen a shadow be able to be. Yeah. And then also I was thinking, because I was thinking like, oh, yeah, you know, if you had a raccoon, sometimes raccoons stand on the back legs. If you had a raccoon in like in front of some car headlights, then it would look like a giant raccoon. But you don't typically see shadows vertically in the air against an ocean backdrop. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, and I don't think like it's valid that it reminded me of this, but... In The Haunting of Poplar Hill, episode 17, we talked about one of the main guy's experiences at his house, which is he was bending over, facing away from the house, picking up firewood. And when he turned back around, there was like this floating, spinning 
oval of black shadow between him mm-hmm. and the house. And there's just something about like freewheeling. <laughs> <laughs> and she says it's not a shadow, but like freewheeling, like basically abysses of a black figure just floating above the ground at like an inhuman size, which I don't know. I just draw those connections together. But yeah, I thought that was a weird thing. I can't even like theorize what that could have been. Yeah, I really don't know. I'm... The only thing I can think of is like there was something else that they were smoking. That's the yeah. only thing I can think. <laughs> it would have to be a simultaneous like hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's so weird. Yeah. But that's one of the things where it's like so freaking weird. Mm-hmm. There's no way they just randomly came up with that. Yeah, like, let's say, okay, Zoe, 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 we're going to tell the podcast that we were on a beach and we saw a raccoon, but then it was a dog, then it was a bobcat, and then it was a person, and then it was just, like, two things going down the beach, and then it was a horse on his back legs, and yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, no, like, who thinks of that? <laughs> I don't know, and I, I, I really don't know. That's, like, what makes me think, like, okay, this, whatever they experienced, this, this is the truth of what they saw, no matter yes. what it was, this is definitely the truth of what they saw. <laughs> I love okay. that one. Yeah. <laughs> now I am also one cool thing I wanted to say, like I, I was thinking about something to maybe like cohesively bind all of these stories together for like an episode title or something. And then I was thinking like, maybe I could say like ghosts. <laughs> and then I realized, you know, I don't think any of these are ghosts. So far, those two, I wouldn't, I don't think I would put either of those as ghosts. There's like one thing that might possibly be a ghost. But don't, I don't know. But yeah, it's just so interesting because the things that like pop up in these wild stories where there's like no expectation for what they could be because everybody who's experiencing these things are very surprised to experience them. (laughs) They're not like ghosts. It's so very interesting. This next one comes from Reddit user Ayo River Music. And this is in Kennesaw, Georgia. Or part of it happens in Kennesaw, Georgia. Got it. Our fearless writer was driving down a highway after teaching a music lesson in a student's home one October night, and this was at 9.45 p.m.-ish. Now, he's driving down this road, and he's thinking about the student's house because the family had really decked it out top to bottom Halloween decorations. And he's thinking... It it just makes him think about why humans connect so much to the concept of death and how we connect to it, because Halloween is very macabre. And so you have all these decorations up there. And all of a sudden, his mind veers into a memory that I think he said played out kind of like a movie in his mind. And it's back from when he was eight years old, living in Kennesaw, Georgia, he lived in the suburbs with his mom, but his mom was working a lot. And so for growing up, he would spend a lot of time at his friend Mike's house because Mike's mother would watch him, our writer, while his mother was at work. And so he and Mike grew really, really close and they would spend a whole bunch of time together. And Mike's mom would let them go and explore and you would think robin this is frights in the wild not frights in the suburbs why are you telling us this though honestly that'd be a fun series too (laughs) i'm telling you this because suburbs were put in places that were originally wilds and so they would go outside the bounds of their neighborhood into this very foresty and at times marshy area that was full of like you know snakes copperheads he said and other things like that and they they would spend their time out in nature a whole bunch far away from the other houses and one day in particular mike and our writer were deep in the woods and they were on a chunk of land that was surrounded by mud and he's calling this like an island because there's a lot of marshy area that surrounds it in a lot of directions and then you have a chunk of what he said a solid land in the center of it and so they were just sitting on this like circle of solid land playing games that they had made up and a man comes out of the surrounding bushes And he is dressed in something that is really close to a black and white tuxedo. It is long, skinny coattails hanging down to the backs of his knees. 
and he is wearing a top hat and smiling, and the writer says, quote, his presence is super gentle, end quote. Uh-huh. The easiest way the writer can think to describe his physical appearance is that he looks a lot like Abraham Lincoln. Uh-huh. So Abe walks over to the island. <laughs> This is a ghost of Abraham Lincoln, everybody. This is actually not what I was talking about when I said a ghost. Abe walks over to the island and he's like going with some effort because you got to be careful where you step. So he's, you know, stepping in the dry places, not in the marshy bits. Yeah, he doesn't want to ruin his suit. He's dressed very nicely and he goes up to them and he says, Uh don't mind me, boys, just passing along. And then he turns around and he Uh walks back across and into the trees away from the island what (laughs) this is my favorite story so mike and Ryder were like that was weird yeah (laughs) and he said that they were like scared and bewildered but they were like not terrified they didn't feel unsafe (laughs) so they stayed on the island because they didn't need to like run or get out of there but they were like okay that was that was a weird one. Um, and so, you know, it's been 20 years since that point. And Ryder, our writer, is suddenly remembering this 20 years later going down the road. And he's like, oh, yeah. That <laughs> was weird. weird. That was weird. And he calls his girlfriend and he's talking about it. And he's thinking, you know what? I really should get in touch with Mike about this. Like, that's kind of like one of his first instincts. And he and Mike hadn't talk to each other for a while and like it's not like they had a falling out or anything they just lost touch because they've been really strong childhood friends and then our writer had moved from Kennesaw to Atlanta and they had just lost touch over time but the writer's like okay we'll do that so he gets home and he kind of settles in for the night because like you know it's about 10 something now and he gets to his bed and he's hanging out with his cat and he's on his phone he goes to YouTube Reddit and then he opens Instagram and he has a DM from Mike At 9.49 p.m., Mike had said, Hey, bro, do you remember when we were way back in the swamp and that man in the top hat came up to us? Question mark, question mark. That was the same time. (laughs) That was the same time that our writer remembered that, where it came to him kind of unbidden. That's weird. And they talked, the two of them talked for an hour that night, remembering that day and checking with each other that they got everything in the memory right, which it sounds like they did. So my first thought is, aw. (laughs) Good Uh for them. I love that for them. Friendship. Uh Uh-huh. My other thought is, what the heck? I think, I think I don't have any thoughts. I think you scared them away, Robin. I scared them away. I have one thought. I know I'm holding up two fingers. I have one thought. (laughs) And this is not me actually saying like, this is the case. This is me saying, what if? Uh So he's thinking, he's going down the road. Our our guy is going down the road thinking about humans and their like connection with death. And then this thought of this like weirdly out of place guy who comes up to them but says, like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just passing along. What if Abe Lincoln was death? Okay, so... (laughs) As you were, like, re-describing it just now, I'm like, please don't say you think he's death. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, maybe... I would believe it if, like, maybe they, like, saw, like, a dead person on their way back or something. I don't know. But, like, I think, what if that was just a kooky old man? Just it a weird have been. old man. I mean, it could have been. And he seemed to have a good demeanor about him. He was smiling. Yeah. He was gentle. He he greeted the young chaps and was like, don't mind me. I'm on my way. <laughs> but, but why... Would you just, like, walk up to someone and say, don't mind me, you weren't in my path at all, and then just, like, go back to where you came? I swear, I swear, I tell you what, this is what happened. 
an old man was bored. He was at his house. He was bored and he saw the two boys going into the woods and he said, what can I do to tell, like, give them a story that wouldn't make them afraid of me? Oh, I know. Let me go put on my three piece suit (laughs) with the long coattails to the back with the long coattails. Yes. And I'm just going to walk up to them. And then leave. I, I swear, it's just an old man who had too much time on his hands. Okay, I have a follow-up. Uh-huh. 20 years later, <laughs> Mike and our fearless writer think of this exact same memory after not talking to each other for a long time and think to get in touch with each other at not even just the same day. It was the same time. <laughs> coincidence i don't know i don't know (laughs) i can't believe that i'm the one being like what if it's death and you're like this is not real (laughs) we switched places (laughs) it's just so bizarre it is so bizarre which makes it my favorite (laughs) everybody is my favorite i don't have any favorites they're all my favorite this one's your favorite my favorite okay this one i'm just gonna like read to you straight out this next one it is from Oh, it's from a deleted Reddit user. I was about to tell you the name. It's from a since-deleted Reddit user. You can find the link in our source page. Okay. Okay. This is based in Hillsborough, North Carolina. I don't even know if I believe in ghosts, but I saw something really strange tonight. Okay, so as I say in the title, sorry guys, I didn't include the title. I don't necessarily even believe in ghosts, but after tonight, I am genuinely reconsidering. I was driving through Hillsboro, North Carolina with my friend and my girlfriend a few hours ago. The road was old in C-86, a super long and boring highway that's really more like a backcountry road you can drive uncomfortably fast on. Anyway, we were rounding one of the road's many bends, nowhere near any houses or other intersecting roads, when all three of us saw a man standing right on the side of the road, completely immobile. The second we saw him, we were all instantly terrified and screaming. I have no (laughs) idea why, and I have never experienced that kind of bizarre primal fear before. It was like seeing a dead body standing there or something. I'm going to do my best to describe him. We only saw him for about one whole second. He seemed abnormally tall, and how immobile he was was really creepy. We blew right past him, going at least 45 miles an hour. And that's... Wait, I'm sorry. That's how uncomfortably fast they were going. I just... (laughs) (laughs) We sped like a demon right past him. 45 miles. Okay. Okay, I'm so sorry, guys, for that aside. People go 50 on the road right outside my... They're not supposed to, but they do. Like... People go, like, 80 on back roads. And he was, like, driving uncomfortably fast on. I don't... Wow. Maybe Hillsborough Maybe is just really safe drivers. You know what? Sometimes when I'm telling my mom a story, hi mom, I will like tell her, oh yeah, I was going 60 on the highway because I almost get killed all the time on the roads. And of but in reality, I was actually probably going like 75. I just tell her I was going 60 because otherwise I would get like a little bit of a, you shouldn't be going that fast, you know, kind of thing. Okay. And so, so maybe it's that. Maybe they were going 80, but they were like, mm, the speed limit's 40. So we're going to say it's 45. We were going 45. So to save them from the Reddit cops, he said, <laughs> we blew right past him at going at least 45 miles per hour. And there was zero movement on his end whatsoever. Now, my friend who is in the back seat has always dressed really weirdly. <laughs> I don't know how we got to this point. Like big tweed thrift store jackets and a plaid flat cap. Like he lives in 19th century London. It's ape. This effing guy <laughs> was uh-huh. wearing the same thing. We all noted how creepy that was. Oh, okay. This is weird. Okay. So okay. I, I'm laughing too much through this. So. The guy on the side of the road was wearing the same thing as his friend. Ooh, there's a tie-in with another story. Okay. I actually thought his face looked similar to my friend's, just without facial hair. So it's like old him, his his future ghost? Maybe. 
Actually, oh my god, these two stories. Okay, okay, This the next story ties in so much with this. Well, what I saw of his face, at least, his head was downturned, so the cap covered his eyes. Nothing about his actual, explainable appearance was what was so creepy about this. What was so creepy was how he just looked not like a natural human. I'll try to explain. Look at an object in your room. It looks like it's physically there. When I imagine a ghost... I imagine that it would look less there, like maybe see-through or something. But it looked like it was in the opposite direction of that. Like it was more there than any normal object had the right to be. Almost like he was cut out from a clip art and pasted right into the environment. I know that sounds weird, but it's the best way I can explain it. All I know is that all three of us saw it and felt a primal fear that didn't seem appropriate for the occasion. We all felt sick after, and I still feel a little sick now. Can anybody here help me identify what this could possibly have been? My friend, who the spirit looked like, later that night said he heard footsteps near him that none of us heard. But I think at that point, he was just paranoid. So that's Dang. the end of it. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay, I feel like there's kind of a bit to digest there. One, yeah. obviously the link between, like, the friend. So, similar faces, so we couldn't see everything because the cap downturned can't see the eyes. But, like, literally wearing the same clothes. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. I'm trying to get a sense of the word, like, immobile here, because he did say they were zooming past at a brisk 45 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that they saw the guy for one full second. Well, like, you could just... I stand still probably for one second. You know? Yeah. Like, but... But the whole, like, more there thing. had the right to be... Oh, I left that sentence. Good job, guy. Uh, deleted Reddit user. Um, <laughs> yeah. More than like, anything had the right to be... <sighs> Wow. Like, trying to picture that to me is like trying to imagine a new color, you know? Like, your brain yeah. just can't do it. So, I kind of, I, I do have, like, a wondering, which is, like, if you're going down this back road at night, and, you know, you have your headlights on, and you're not expecting to see anything, if you see out of literal nowhere, like, just a guy and the headlights hitting them in a way that they're not hitting the background because it's trees and the trees are kind of diffusing the light that could totally freak you out. Yeah. And it could be a coincidence that they're wearing the same thing, but I do love just the idea that like, it could have been more, it could have been different. And then you have the friend who had heard the footsteps. Yeah. <sighs> oh. That one's creepy. Yeah. That's a good creepy. one. <laughs> I didn't actually expect it to be that creepy until I was like doing it out loud to you. Yeah. So this next one, this next one, this is in the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas. Okay. And this is from Reddit user Ijtin, E-I-J-T-N. I, I don't know how to pronounce things. Okay. So the writer, our fearless writer, was a member of the Boy Scouts in the spring of 1998 when he was 14 years old. He was on a hiking trip with the rest of the group which, what rest of the troop was, which, which was a group of boys he had known all his life. It wasn't exactly the best hiking trip. There had been five days of rain and blisters, and the Boy Scouts were not really feeling it anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the adults decided, okay, we're, we're going to set the kids up at a campsite for the night and let them clean up and rest and eat like a good dinner so they're not out in the elements completely. So they were very happy about this. And so the Boy Scouts ate dinner and a group of five of them went up to the facilities where they would be able to take a shower. And our feeler spider was going to go join them, but he stayed behind for about 10 minutes to help clean up after dinner. Very good, responsible Boy Scout thing to do. And so then he started making the trek up to the facilities where he could do it himself. But this time he was alone. By the way, it was like a cloudy night. It was a dark and a stormy <laughs> night. <laughs> So the showers were about a quarter mile from where he had been. And as he is walking alone, he uses a tiny flashlight to light the way. And he 
hears something to his left. And he turns to see Jeremy, one of the boys who had gone up to the showers earlier. And Jeremy was standing by a water pump 50, not 50, 20 feet off the trail. And a writer says, oh, Jeremy, are you done with the shower already? And he's noticing as he's saying this, or maybe slightly before he says it, I don't know when he notices it, but Jeremy looks like he's like moonlit, even though it's a cloudy night. Okay. And Jeremy responds to what the writer asked him by sadly saying, yeah, it's all yours. Writer said, okay, (laughs) and kept going to the showers. When he reached the building, he stepped inside. And he immediately heard Jeremy talking from where he was currently taking a shower. And the writer proceeds to freak out. (laughs) 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 He grows pale and he sits down right where he was, or he sits down in in, in the place anyway. And the Boy Scouts, ever responsible, were concerned for him. And they're asking him what's wrong. And he's like, you know, I just saw Jeremy outside, but Jeremy's in here. (laughs) And all the Boy Scouts are trying to laugh it off. And they're trying to make jokes like, oh, maybe you were smoking pot, even though like none of them have ever smoked pot in their lives. But they also, he said, like, because they've known each other all their lives, they all trust what he is saying and are concerned for him. So they all, rather than going back one by one, they all wait until everybody's done cleaning themselves up and go back to the campground together all silent and i just kind of imagine them like maybe like the little charlie brown crew where they're like all like close together and like kind of (laughs) shuffling along (laughs) um and they pass by where he had seen jeremy and you know he's looking at it now and there's no jeremy there but the water pump is there that's interesting our writer by the way just in in the way that he put out the language i think he is very like well put together very pragmatic and sensible it seems and he is saying that he sees like two different possibilities but neither of them seem really likely to him the first is that he some saw somebody and thought they were jeremy but that they weren't and the second is that he hallucinated it he doesn't feel like either is the case yeah, the problem with the first one is that, well, he said, Jeremy, are you done with your shower? And they said, I'm not. Oh, they didn't say I'm not word Jeremy. For word, by the way. Oh, OK. Sorry. Sorry. That wasn't word for word. He he had just asked him, like, are you done with your shower? I don't know if he said, like, Jeremy in that. OK. Question. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like if you mistook them for somebody that was like, if I was in the woods, we were camping or whatever, and I saw you. Mm-hmm. Or I thought I saw you and I said, hey, what's up? And you responded. I feel like I would know your voice. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I don't think it was somebody else unless Jeremy has a secret twin. That was just trailing <laughs> them the whole time. Yeah. I completely agree. Like, I would know your voice. And then it's also just at a 20 feet distance and 20 feet isn't super long and i get it it's dark but he said that the guy was illuminated yeah and then the detail that i think sticks out to me the most is the fact that jeremy said said yeah it's all yours with sadness yeah that's weird yeah and so i'm looking at this thinking like okay if jeremy is still okay today hoping jeremy is still okay then i don't really know what happened i can't figure it out at all no yeah the only thing i can think of is like you know, the parallel world theory or parallel timelines and stuff like that. Parallel universes, that's the word. They mush together a little bit. Like, he went into the wrong world for a little bit. You know, like, like he's a member of World A and he went into World B for a brief period and came back into World A. And World B, Jeremy, Jeremy was there. Yeah. I know we're, like, in the frame of trying to figure out what this is. I just... I can't wrap my head around that actually being a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I no, really yeah. Just, it's just one of those memories, m- mysteries. So that's why like, I kind of paired it with the last one, because you still have you have like person. No person at least Witnessing somebody who at the very least looked a lot like 
another person in their group while they were out. And we had that doppelganger story last time. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Be careful out there, y'all. Especially in the woods. Yeah. If you see a friend, who, a person who looks like your friend, run. I don't care if that's actually <laughs> your friend. <laughs> if I, so if I send you like into, I don't know, the woods to fetch something and you come back out, I'm running in the opposite direction. Okay, got it. I yeah. understand. I won't take it personally. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> well, everybody, we are at our final story of Frights in the Wild. And this is from Reddit user Doctopus. <laughs> I don't sorry. know how to pronounce it. <laughs> and this has been edited for length and clarity. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm reading what he wrote. I'm a skeptic. But the only thing that makes me pause are two first-hand accounts by friends of mine who don't know each other, but the stories are almost exactly the same. They involve a white-haired man with hypnotic powers who waits in deserted parking lots or crossroads who puts the driver of a car into a kind of trance. He was seen in a white pickup truck. My two friends told me their separate encounters with this man months apart, and they do not know of each other's existence which has profoundly creeped me out. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the, the way it's phrased, it's like your friend's <laughs> existence creeps you out. <laughs> <laughs> they are both normal dudes. One is in medical school, and they were telling me honestly. I trust them. One of them yeah. is from Idaho, the other from Texas. Story yep, number Normal dudes. <laughs> These are some normal dudes we're about to talk about. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Story number one. From my friend Dave, a normal dude <laughs> from Idaho <laughs> or Texas. No, he was Texas. This was Texas. Oh, dang. He was going camping with his friend somewhere outside Plano, Texas. After driving for miles, it was night and they reached a crossroads. The crossroads had some type of construction barriers, so they had to slow down and maneuver their way around it. Dave's friend was driving. As they slowly made their way through the barriers, A vehicle from across the street turned its lights on. It was a white pickup truck. It was kind of creepy, but Dave didn't think much of it until he realized his friend was slowly driving toward the truck. He asked him what he was doing. They had to turn right, but his friend ignored him, staring intently at the occupant of the truck. As they crossed the middle of the crossroads, Dave's car illuminated the cab of the truck And he saw a pale, white-haired man, but with black eyes. (gasps) The worst part was he was smiling wide, looking straight at Dave's friend. Freaking out, Mm -hmm. Dave started yelling at his friend to no avail. His friend was still staring straight ahead. Getting ever closer, Dave yanked on his friend's shoulder and his friend finally snapped out of it. Both of them feeling an overwhelming sense of doom and fear. They screeched away to the right of the crossroads. The truck and its horrifying driver stayed behind. So the story is kind of scary, but I didn't think too much of it until seven months later. I hear another story from my friend Marcus. We were sitting around a campfire telling scary stories, and Marcus told his story. Marcus's story was very similar. I won't go into too much detail because of how similar they were, which is, again, so creepy because Marcus and Dave have never met. Marcus and a girl were going to a lookout point in the mountains of Utah. Oh, so Idaho really isn't involved. As they... (laughs) (laughs) That was a big mystery. (laughs) As they arrived to the deserted lookout, a truck turned on its light, facing them. This time, Marcus was the one driving, and all he can remember was seeing a white-haired man with black eyes smiling at him. He also said he just wanted to go to him. He didn't know how long he was out, but when he came to, the girl he was with was screaming at him and pulling on his arm, and he was much closer to the truck. He flipped a U-turn, and they took off. So, that's the end of those two stories, except there was an edit to this post. Uh something else came up finally this is texts from dave to our fearless writer well actually the Mm -hmm. writer didn't really our fearful writer (laughs) writer. um and because dave is saying that he heard about another person or another person had told him bad experiences she had with this that was very similar to this 
these are like from a screenshot that writer had attached to his Reddit post. So she was with some friends and they were driving up Mount Temp. I might not have read that correctly. Apparently towards the top of it becomes one lane and there is a small parking lot. She was driving slowly and there was a white pickup with no headlights on that was tailing them aggressively for a while. So she finally pulled over and let them pass. When they get to the parking lot, the pickup is just parked facing them in the parking lot. Then she said she froze. She said her friends were screaming at her to drive for two minutes, but she was frozen. She said she was just staring at the driver, who was alone in the car, a pale man with black eyes and a grin on his face. Finally, they turned around and left. She told me this story before I told her mine. So, whew, I would flip out. You know, you've heard of the movie Smile that came out recently. Oh, God. I have not seen it. I haven't but seen it either. I've heard that it's really trippy. If this these stories happened relatively close to the Smile movie coming out, I would make an argument that it was marketing, just like the clowns were marketing for it, theoretically. Um, so, but mm-hmm. but no, this doesn't seem like the marketing that they did. This was posted five years ago. Yeah, no, that's weird. And I've covered Crossroad Demons. Yes, on I was, our pod before. Yes, that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up. The Crossroads. But, Not everything happened at a Crossroads, but at least. Right. We at least know of one. Yeah, that's weird. It really that is. That's very, very creepy. I think, like, more than anything, it's... I mean, obviously, I would not want to be in either of those situations. But I think it's most scary for the passenger who doesn't right. black out and who is either being put in a situation where the car is not moving or where they're going toward the truck. And, like, these people who, like... I mean, all the time, like, they, they seem to be, like, jostled out by, like, physical movement or screaming or something. But I, like, full-on be, like, slap at the person I was <laughs> I'd be like, honestly, I'm taking the steering wheel. <laughs> We're, like, going the other way. Yeah. No, like, my first thought was just grab the steering wheel and yank it. Like, yeah. that was my first thought. <laughs> like, I will make sure you wake up or I will make sure we get away from there. Have you seen Bob's Burgers? No, I haven't. Oh, or there's a one episode ages ago. There's a scene where Bob is trying to teach Tina to drive. Mm-hmm. She's the oldest of the three kids. And they're in an empty parking lot except for one other car. And she's driving at like two miles <laughs> per hour. <laughs> Sorry. And I can feel what's happening. Okay. <laughs> and like literally, like there's a butterfly that outpaces them. <laughs> And she starts driving directly for the other only car. And so at first, Bob's like, "Uh huh, okay, <laughs> Tina, Tina, you're going towards the only other car in the parking lot. Tina, can you turn? Tina, <laughs> Tina." And the whole time she's just going, uh... <laughs> and that's like that's the vibe I'm getting, you know, just like, hey, hey, guy, hey, hey, move, hey, turn. Turn away. You're going to hit the only other car in this park in the area. I'm dying. <laughs> really too funny. Oh my gosh. It, I mean, it makes you. There, there's oh, like, and she does end up hitting the car, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there's. I mean, if you think about it, okay, do you remember learning to bicycle? Uh, I don't know how to ride a bike. <sighs> How have I failed you for this long? (laughs) Can I teach you how to ride a bike? I don't have the balance for it. Like, remember the balance for it? I've tried to learn how to ride a bike as an adult multiple times, but I by yourself, just like being like, (laughs) okay, okay. So you're you're saying no? I'm saying no. Okay, fine. I respect that. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but when you're when you're I, the reason I bring it up is because like when you're riding a bike, I I've I've been riding a bike and I'm like, okay, avoid the tree, avoid the tree. Why am I getting closer to the tree? I hit the tree. And the reason is because if you're giving that all your attention, 
then you're zeroing in on that point. <laughs> your body's like, oh, I'll get us there. The tree, the tree, the tree. And you're like, ah, no. I'm not <laughs> the opposite of the tree. The opposite of the tree. So really what you want to put your attention on is like the paths you want to follow. <laughs> Just a bike riding tip for everybody out there. <laughs> but, um, Zoe, thank you for uh, being such a willing participant in today's episode. I guess one out of ten, how um, haunted is nature? <laughs> well, nature is haunted. Nature ten is out of ten for that. Ten out of ten. Great. Uh, well, that was a great first episode back from our little mini vacation that hopefully the listeners didn't even notice. So. Hopefully they didn't. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, subscribe, review, tell a friend to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash haunted hospitality for just thir- three, not 13, three dollars a month. You get a new episode from us. Yes, and it comes on out on the 13th because we are spooky. Um, this is actually the one that just came out as we are recording this. So this past weekend for everyone else. What? Excuse me. So this comes out on Tuesday, but okay. it's currently Sunday. Okay. So today's the 13th. Okay. So it came oh, out today, nice. but as listeners are listening, it just came out. Um, Thank you. <laughs> we went, watched The Conjuring 2 in preparation for doing the research on it. I roasted it. You did roast it. We <laughs> both roasted it. A little bit. <laughs> um, but anyway, that comes out on the 13th because we're spooky. Um, if you want to see Robin's sources, you can head over to hauntedhospitality.wordpress.com and check that out there. And if you have your own spooky story, if you've had your own fright in the wild, ooh, you can write to us as Robin gets attacked by her own hand. You can write to us at hauntedhospitalitypodcast at gmail.com or you can slide into our DMs. Yes, we are on the interwebs. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Haunted Hospitality. You can also find us on Twitter at Haunted House. We hope to see you there. Stay, Stay spooky. spooky.